Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Uh, welcome back to the Funny Books of Firewater podcast. We apologize for any inconvenience this may cause. Each week, these idiots bear cocktails with comic books. We're a drinking podcast. Where the comic book from? If Brian gets his shit together, it'll be. No, we can just blame Brian. It's fine. Wait, it's all Brian's fault. Hey. Oh, man, that would have been brilliant. Yeah. Still call each other by your number, like, mm-hmm. or using those names still or whatever. I just thought that was interesting. Yeah, it's the interesting thing for me about reading this book was I have my nieces and nephews around right now because there's four of them. Yes, and they're even at a small age. There is definitely a dynamic between the siblings. Like I was trying to play Mario with them, I'm like, "You guys are little assholes," <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, yeah. and they're the sweetest little kids. But you put them together trying to play Mario Brothers, and they're little a holes. Like they're sure. all sociopaths. The whole the small goal of raising children is to beat that out of them. Beat, beat out the sociopath nature well, of them. They all start that way. They don't give a shit about anyone else but what they want. doesn't even come to their mind. That's a valid point. That's <laughs> a very right. valid point. And with that pleasant thought, hey, welcome to episode 169. Thank you for that, Jason. I just looked that, that off your list. You're welcome. I may have to make you the official timekeeper and know exactly which uh, issue we're on. because I don't know. Oh, great. So next week we're going to mess it up. Well, 170 it should be easy to remember, but it's how I don't know. All bets are off now. I know. It's true. It's going to be very complicated. Uh, so this week we are doing our second book in our month of As Seen on TV. Um, I am currently recording here in Utah, but we won't get to that person because I have to legally start <laughs> with one name before I start with the person I'm recording with name. But before we get to that, we will go with <laughs> ladies first. We will call her number one. Hey, Lana. Yay! Actually, three is my my favorite number, so technically I should go with three, but that's fine. Okay, so um, number three. I'm, I'm three. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, everybody. I'm I'm Lena. I'm an event manager out of the New York, Connecticut area, and um, I apologize for my lack of of knowledge on this book this week. I'm still reading it while everyone goes through their intros. So, what, it's not that long of a book, though. You can you can get. No, that. I'm on the last like I don't know. 10 pages, so it's not going to take oh, me oh, long. you're good to go. Yeah. yeah. You'll be fine. Okay, we'll just throw you into the bus as much as humanly possible. It'll be great. <laughs> oh, goody. Okay. Yeah, that's how we roll. <laughs> what are friends for? Exactly. Uh, and number two, we have Mr. Jason. Hi, uh, I'm Jason, a writer in Los Angeles. Back to you, Brian. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and uh, I am legally follow- required to follow up the Hollywood Elite with number three, Mr. Todd. Oh, you're number one now because Lane is number three. But Put I am backwards. Your third, third I, yeah, or something. I don't know. Right, but whatever. We all know who number two works for. Who does number two work for? <laughs> Hi, I'm Todd. I am a warehouse foreman. I don't know. <laughs> Comics enthusiast, a guy that points his finger a lot and tells people no, mm-hmm. and that's not part of parenting. No, nope. but it is. But it isn't. Mm-hmm. But it is. But it isn't. Mm-hmm. I swear, having thirty employees is awesome. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. So, okay. Um, yeah, I'm here in Salt Lake City. If you see me around, say hi. And yeah. Cool. And hey, I'm Brian. I'm a sound designer based in Southern California. So uh, Umbrella Academy, as a quick introduction, is written by uh, Gerard Way and uh, illustrated by Gabriel Ba, who uh, I 
trying to remember what the first thing I saw from Gabriel Ball was. What was the one he did with his brother? Probably Day Tripper. A, Day Tripper. That's the one I remember. Yes. Yeah, that he did with his brother, which is really good. Um, but basically, it's about um, a group of adopted children who create a superhero force um, put together by their adopted father, who is an asshole. And then when he dies, they all come back together again. And one of the missing children, uh, who was a time traveler, has seen that the world is going to end in a few days. And they need to find a way to stop the end of the world. Uh, they also have one sister who has been led to believe that she is um, powerless. powerless. And she comes to find out what her own power is. And that has something to do with the end of the world. A little different than the uh, than the TV show on Netflix, but we will discuss that in a little bit. Uh, well, then let's jump into drinking games. I'm going to go with uh, my drinking game I'm calling Solo. Every time Diego goes off on his own, take a drink. Mr. Mm -hmm. Jason. Mine is called That's a Big Name Tag. Uh, whenever mm -hmm. someone is referred to by a new name, take a drink. And uh, their original name given in the comic book is uh, originally their number. So whenever mm -hmm. you're referred to their, by their superhero name or their given name, mm -hmm. that's when you take a drink. Okay. And mm -hmm. Todd? Talking chimpanzee. Every time the talking chimp is part of the Pogo. Page. Pogo. Pogo's been through some shit. Pogo's <laughs> seen some shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Pogo's seen some shit. Speaking of seeing some shit, Lena, what's your drinking game rule? Mm -hmm. um, mine kind of fits on the opposite side of Jason's drinking game. Um, and it is called, what's my name? Uh, when they call each other by their numbers. So basically, you're just going to keep drinking throughout yeah. the entire book. Yeah, I like so that. We apologize. <laughs> <laughs> you pair Lena and Jason's numbers together, you're going to be, or drinking game <laughs> together, you're going to be very, very fucked up. Uh, <laughs> and that will be quite ugly moving right along we'll jump into cocktails for this week mm -hmm. uh mr jason so mine is called uh, death in the afternoon it's one and a half ounces of absinthe and four ounces of iced champagne so apparently this is an ernest hemingway invention mm -hmm. and he said mm -hmm. to quote pour one jigger absinthe into a champagne glass add iced champagne until it attains the proper opalescent milkiness uh, and because it was hemingway he actually added drink three to five of these slowly yeah right we've used it before on the show but it was early on it was yeah it was about know. 120 episodes ago yeah it really was. It was a long time ago um cool um i'm gonna do mine i based mine off of uh number one who was also known as space boy mm -hmm. um who uh lived on the moon for a while so i'm doing the cosmonaut which is two ounces of gin three quarters ounce of lemon juice and one bar spoon of raspberry preserves combine the ingredients into a cocktail shaker with ice shake the shit out of it and then strain into a chilled coupe glass mr todd Mine's also an absinthe drink. Mm -hmm. So it's an absinthe frappe. So wow. Let's see. And this has one and a half ounces of absinthe, a half ounce of simple syrup, two ounces of soda water, eight mint leaves, and a lemon wedge. So you're going to want to muddle the mint leaves and the lemon wedge with a simple syrup in the bottom of a cocktail glass. Add the absinthe and I Oh, cocktail tin. Sorry. Add the absinthe and ice and shake the shit out of it. Strain into a Collins highbow glass, um, pack with crushed ice, and top with a splash of soda water. So, and then you just use a bar spoon to gently incorporate it together and garnish with mint on top. Okay. Very cool. And Lena, how are you doing? I'm good. I actually just finished, so we're oh, good. good. Oh, awesome. <laughs> what is your cocktail for this week? Uh, chocolate masked martini. Mm. Um, it is one part absolute vodka, one splash of chocolate liqueur, one whole piece of chocolate, and ice. 
Um, fill a mixing glass with ice cubes, add all of the ingredients with the exception of the whole piece of chocolate. Um, stir and strain into a chilled cocktail glass and then garnish with chocolate. Nice. Cool. Do we have any final warnings before going in to read this book? It's bloody. It is bloody. Mm. Um, the language is actually okay. Mm-hmm. Although the front cover had a semi nude lady and my very judgmental niece went all crazy about that because she saw boobs <laughs> on the cover of a comic book. I have a niece who really wants to watch the TV series and she's probably too young to watch it, but I told her I might loan her the comic book. Cause I think sure. she, I think she could read the comic book. I don't, I don't think she could see the TV show. I mean, I'm kind of giving you the general plot already. Um, mm-hmm. Basically the, the thing you learn is that the, uh, as spoilery is that the, Sister uh, number seven, I think mm-hmm. she's number seven. Uh, yeah. She's, yeah, who was led to believe Vanya. that she was Vanya, who was led to believe that she was completely powerless, ends up being part of the cause of the end of the world. Um, from a in this book, a supervillain who's putting together an orchestra that's going to play Stravinsky's right at right at right of spring. That's at, Vivaldi's right of spring. Is it? So did I name it wrong? In the, Stravinsky didn't write it. So his is. Um, Stravinsky, they talk about different parts. Uh huh. Is what his oh his is part of sweet. So, so Stravinsky's I, part of it, but so I did it wrong in the right in spring. the playlist, and you didn't call me out on it. Then you had to wait till now. I know it's funnier this way. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I don't trust you. But. He waited for you to be all the way in it before he told you you were wrong. I know, I know. Uh, right of spring. It's by Vivaldi. Let's see. I'm not wrong. <laughs> this is Stravinsky, Rite of Spring, London Symphony New Orchestra. Maybe I'm wrong. Fuck you, oh. dude. <laughs> oh, look. Wikipedia, music, Igor Stravinsky, Rite of Spring. Yeah, because Wikipedia is definitely where you want to get all your fact-finding knowledge. NPR Milestones, Stravinsky's Ballet Score, The Rite of Spring. <laughs> Let's see. 100 years ago today, The Rite of Spring at a Paris theater by Igor Stravinsky. The Rite of St- Spring Ballet by Stravinsky by Britannica. Classic FM, The Story Behind the Rite of Spring by Igor Stravinsky. Uh, if the anyone Guardian. hasn't caught on yet, Brian likes to be right. <laughs> no, here's the thing. I'm so often right that I just like to prove him fucking wrong. <laughs> Vivaldi has a song called Spring that we all know. So, you, <laughs> so there you go. You're not wrong. <laughs> you're not wrong. You're just an asshole. Uh, okay. All right, asshole. Keep going. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm going to gloat here for just a moment because that doesn't happen to me very often. You and my wife are good friends, aren't you? <laughs> I'm going to make sure Amy knows that you were wrong. It happens twice a year. Oh, yeah, well, at least I have it recorded. There you go. (laughs) Um, So anyway, so uh, she's going to play the suite, and they need to go up and and kill her. And each of the siblings has sort of weird traits, which I think is interesting. Um, So uh, Space Boy is half monkey, which they don't really get into why he is in this. They do. It's sort of alluded to. Mm -hmm. He uh, suffers a fatal injury, Mm -hmm. and then... Uh, Dr. Hargreaves has to perform uh, a surgery uh, essentially fusing his head with the body of a gorilla. Yeah, which they go into yeah. more detail. Like, there are some things that, like, in the TV show, they go into far more detail, and I was surprised. Mm-hmm. Like, they're sort of, like, they don't really talk about, um, what is it, the specter? Is that what they call him? The one who can see ghosts? 
Who? Uh, oh, oh, Seance. Seance, Seance. that's right. Yes. They don't really talk okay. about his... Spectre is a different... A different thing entirely. Thing. <laughs> um, but uh, Seance, they don't really talk about um, his yeah. drug mm-hmm. abuse as much. They, they reference it. Like, he says that he's taken a bunch of speed, and he has... For the past three days. For the past three days, and all right. that kind of stuff. But they don't really talk about how, how fucked up he is on drugs all the time. Um, right. Which is kind of interesting. And then you have... Um, the rumor who can basically whisper things in people's ears. Um, and then, uh, but they end up cutting her throat at one point in time. Mm-hmm. And then you have, what is the time travelers? Just number five. Just number five. I've yeah. never really, he, he's gone so early. He doesn't yeah. do it. And then they talk about the one brother who basically could shoot like alien or like tentacles out of him. And then he ends up oh, dying. See, yeah, see I, I actually didn't make the connection until just now trying to flip through the pages mm-hmm. that he's the, uh, the Kraken, the one with the mm-hmm. squid legs at the in the beginning when they're kids. Yes, I never made that connection. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, so he's the Kraken. So he has squid yeah. legs, but then he ends up dying. And in the TV mm. show, he's followed around by Seance, or he follows uh, Seance around. Did he die? He, yeah, he's still alive in in Volume One. I don't think he is. They have a statue of him out on the um, uh, out on the front mm. lawn. Like that's the, I no. Just, I no, just he's, read. He's, I just literally finished the book. I don't remember him seeing him die. He dies as a kid. The no. Kraken is dead. No, no I don't think so. No. Because when um, the rumor comes back, she's staying underneath his his uh, statue. I no, that's not. I don't think that's a Kraken. Then which one dies? The, uh, let's see. I, I, I know the page. I'm thinking. Oh, uh, Ben. Who? One of the other seven that uh, um, uh, died mm-hmm. in between when they're intro when the kids are introduced and and when Dr. Hargreaves dies. But actually that, that, that brings up one of the few little uh, quibbles I had with it was that because there are seven characters that they introduce and they each have three different names. Mm -hmm. It's a little hard to know who is whom and what they all do. Yes. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And there's one slight, not uh, deviation in the story, but the um, killer robots that pop up in the carnival Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, felt like it didn't really have a huge impact on the story, and I would have preferred to get the char- get to know the characters a little bit more instead of having that um, tiny little obstacle. Yeah, it kind of felt like that, that piece of it was a way of trying to get the family to rejoin together, and then showing how dysfunctional that they were that they couldn't get, them, yes. to get their shit back together again. Yeah. To I mean, I think that's what that moment was saying, but there were other ways of doing it, and I think that they do do that in the television show a little bit more. But the television show is far more of a family drama. Um, mm-hmm. than a superhero sort of thing. And this one takes the superhero trope and kind of adds a family drama element to it. It's sort of my thoughts. But, okay. uh, I mean, I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, so basically that's sort of the general gist without spoiling all of it and seeing if I'm completely wrong on that because there's another picture of that statue of whoever that was. But mm-hmm. I, would, I thought it was a Kraken, <laughs> but, okay, maybe I'm wrong. Who is Ben? That's the one that dies. That's the statue. Yeah. Yes. He's one of the others. Is he six, number six? I don't know. But, like, in the sure, TV yeah, show... Never. Ben follows around Seance, even though they don't use they don't use their superhero names in the in the TV show, which is also interesting. They just use their numbers because it's too many names and it's fucking confusing. Yeah, that's probably true. So, <laughs> uh, very yeah, true. I, I'll admit I was getting a little confused. I mean, given I read this really fast, mm-hmm. but I was getting confused with names once you kind of figure out what they're wearing mm-hmm. to their names. It's mm-hmm. pretty easy. Yeah, um, but. I would have definitely liked more of a um, more character building mm-hmm. as they're older. Yeah. It just felt like they all got back together. They all they haven't been around each other, and now they have to fight. And there's like all there's like a lot happening. Mm-hmm. 
in this like it's what six, six issues, issues? Mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. so it's just in this first volume so it's just it felt a little rushed yeah um where i would have loved to have seen more of the family dynamic and learn more about the each of the kids yeah than just like they're fucked up because their father was an ass and like and the premise of the story of it being like 43 children were born mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. this one woman. No, it wasn't one woman. It was, it was no, one of them. It was different women? Yeah. Okay, because yeah. I was like, I'm confused. No, basically, they were all <laughs> um, I, born at the same time, most of them by single women who were not pregnant at the beginning of the day. Um, okay. Is sort of, they, they do a better yeah. job of explaining that in the TV show. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, cause this one, like the thing that the comic book does that I think is interesting is it throws in random details that have nothing to do with anything too. A couple times, like yeah, they sure. have like the pile driver, or they have like the weather report at the end of one of the pages. They have fatality reports for um, um, yeah. carnivals. carnivals. Yeah, like weird stuff, which I mean I thought was yeah. amusing and humorous, but kind of yeah. there doesn't add a whole lot. Yeah, and I, I think- well, I did like at the end of volume of the end of the first issue where it's that whole thing where it's like this is uh, the first of. You know, there are five more mm-hmm. issues right. in this volume of this story, and like when and they, and then at the end, it was like none of these numbers mean anything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, the, there are seven members of the Umbrella Academy and seventy-two names on the Eiffel Tower. Mm-hmm. There is no connection between these yeah. numbers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I, I think as far as the rush thing goes, Lane, I, I agree with you. I'm I'm kind of feeling like part of that was the nature of like. Gerard Way is sort of now established a little bit more with, I mean, he has his own line at DC with the um, Young, Animal. Young Animals line and stuff like that he keeps to, to do. And then, um, I mean, because this was basically, right, this came out shortly after Black Parade. They did one more album, and then he essentially became a full-time comic book writer at that point in time. So like, at this point in time, he was just sort of a rock star. So at, mm-hmm. at most, this was sort of a advertising ploy of like, hey, we got a rock star to write a comic book. You know what I mean? Like it was sort of a celebrity thing. And then when it turned out to be good, they, oh, they, they greenlit yeah. a second one, and then you know, he did some other books. Like, and, and not to say that all Gerard Way's work is good, because I'll be honest with you, I read the... Um, Fabulous Killjoys. The Killjoys. I did not like that book. Even though it was illustrated by Becky Cloonan, who I really like, I mm-hmm. I found that book kind of obnoxious, to be honest with you. Um, it just, it, it really didn't go anywhere. Where this one has too much to say, that one really felt like it had too little to say, which is also a little bit of a problem with the album in general as well. So what does it have to say? This out, this show... Yeah. I mean, I think it, well. I think it's about family dysfunction. I think it's about uh, fulfilling your potential um, and using that for good rather than destroying the world. I feel like it's about um, fate versus um, choosing your own, you know, destiny. That kind of thing. Uh, there's, I mean, there's a few concepts in here that are kind of interesting. One of the things I found interesting is um, Gustav like gathered them all to save the world, mm-hmm. but they were the very instrument that would also destroy the world with number seven yeah so if you never mm-hmm. gathered up number seven to begin with would this whole thing have just been null i don't think it was him gathering up number seven i think it was him denying that she had powers when she was the most powerful of them all and sure. not harnessing them you know what i mean he was the asshole professor x right you know what i mean like and that was the, i mean <laughs> i hate to go this way but i'm gonna say it it's the same fucking thing with the show frozen Right. If they would have been better parents, <laughs> there is no fucking plot. The plot is all about them being shitty parents to Elsa. Like, that's flat out what it is. Like, <laughs> that, that is the entire plot. Without shitty parents, Frozen does not exist. And without a shitty parent, this TV sh- or this TV show and this comic book do not exist. Sure, <laughs> it's 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 not so much that 
she is the instrument of her demise because she was collected by him. It's the, like if she had been collected by him and she had been, you know, taught to be able to harness and control her powers and be able mm-hmm. to do that, then, you know, then there is no end of the world, but also then there is no drama and there is no reason to write a comic book about it as well. So, sure. you know, Gustav had to be an asshole, but um, <laughs> the one thing I thought was really interesting and I kind of wish I had more explanation on was the fact that, um, what is it? I think it's number five, the time traveler starts mm-hmm. wearing the monocle, Gustav's monocle right. after a while. And he says you can see stuff with it, but you never get the sense. No, of- you do with uh, Pogo. Pogo. He's about yeah. like, I guess I'll start with the Kennedy assassination, Pogo. Then uh-huh. goes to that frame where Pogo's in the lab. Uh-huh. And he's like, holy shit, Pogo, what happened to you? Uh-huh. So that was with the use of the monocle. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, gotcha. yeah. Okay. But then you're right. It's, it's one of those things that is uh, just sort of touched on very, very briefly and then doesn't come back mm-hmm. again. At least not in this. Uh, yeah, volume. I mean, it's just this interesting concept of having a small child wearing a monocle. Like, I mm. like the fact, like, they also have that one thing where those people come in to try to exterminate them and he, like, completely fucking annihilates them. Uh, yeah, and you don't get an explanation yeah, of who they are. They do they a better are. job of that yeah. in, the, in, the, in the TV series. And now I want to read the second book of this. Dallas? Dallas, mm-hmm. which you have probably right there. Oh, no. You, I don't. I've never um, read it. I've read it and I have it, but it's back in California. So I couldn't pick, I wanted to pick it up this afternoon and like read it to see how much of the TV show was in that now. And then I, I, I don't. So, but Lena, you wanted to specifically jump in on this cause you just thought there was a lot to discuss. So I'm kind of curious what your thoughts are. Well, first off, I really liked the art. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, mm-hmm. I thought it was really funny that when they were little, they all had, these like masks that covered just their eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when they got older, when rumor, I think it was rumor that when, when they first met up, she was like, you're still wearing your mask. And I just thought that mm-hmm. was really cute. Um, the, the thing that I, the, when I got to the part of um, Vanya, like going to the audition. And then when she was like, I'm leaving and she went back to her family and the, conductor or whatever was like oh you're going home to your family then you'll be back soon like i thought mm-hmm. that was really um like okay what this family really is fucked up like what's happening and it took me mm-hmm. a minute to realize who she was compared mm-hmm. like from from when they were little to because they didn't have names yeah um and then when she came back and the conductor had mentioned that um her father was like experimenting on her or testing her or whatever when she was asleep. Mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, okay. So I have no idea what the hell, like this guy really was a total ass. And then you realize mm-hmm. like, yeah, he was hiding shit from you. Um, mm-hmm. I just, I thought it, the, the story, like the actual story and, and the way that they kind of told it, I, that he told it was really interesting. Um, mm-hmm. I like those family things. I like the the um, the relationships between people more than than actual storyline of most of the stuff that we read. I think mm-hmm. that if you do a good job of, I mean, listen, I am not an action movie person whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So if you can get me hooked with with um, some kind of of uh, relationship piece that there's characterization between everyone or or you know building out who these people are that's way more interesting to me than anything else mm-hmm. um i also thought she was cool looking as a violin yeah so mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 
a very ballsy cosplay if anyone were to ever do it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I definitely will not be. But <laughs> I, I just, I thought like the the whole premise and and it's funny even the the um, the the lettering for all the the word bubbles and everything. I really really liked. It felt very um, like comic strip and like Calvin and Hobbes. Mm-hmm. look to me for some reason and and i was like well i like this just makes me like it more and i'm sure it's just a nostalgia thing more than anything else but mm-hmm. um i just when i i started reading it because jason was jason when i said mm-hmm. i was i'm like i don't know if i'm gonna be able to record and jason was like well you have to read it because i'm interested in what you think and mm-hmm. i got mm-hmm. through the first issue and i was like no, I really want to talk about this book because I mm-hmm. and I think the other thing that got me was at the end of the at the end of the issue when he's like, you know, all the random bullshit that he's talking about, and I'm like, okay, this is kind of goofy, and I'm really mm-hmm. happy that we're reading it now. I just want to keep reading, so mm-hmm. um, and it makes me want to watch the show on Netflix. Although mm-hmm. I'm hearing that it's very different than, um. It's not insanely different. Uh, I mean, there are some things like um, the the say they don't go by their their superhero names. So they don't refer mm-hmm. to them like a space boy or seance or that kind of thing. They go more by their real names. Um, it flashes back and forth between in times so that you have a lot more. Number five, you get a lot more information about why he's able to do what he's able to do, um, why he's seen the apocalypse, why he's survived as long as he has, why he's able to destroy. Um, those people who go after him in the, um, uh, like in the coffee shop and that kind of stuff, diner. The diner and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and there is a, there's a bit more dynamic with that. There's a, there's a lot, if you like the family dynamic of this, I think you'll actually really enjoy the show. Yeah. Because right. the show really harkens onto the family dynamic quite a bit. I felt like I watched it about halfway through. It was like episode seven, I think was the one that I finally, once I watched that, then I had to marathon the rest of them, but it took a little while to get into it, I guess. Do um, we see the violin cosplay? No. Alright. Yeah. <laughs> Just checking. No, I mean they <laughs> there there are certain comic book tropes that they don't use. You know what I mean? There's certain things sure. that like there there isn't quite as many epic battles. Diego's a little bit more of a rogue detective cop in this one, which you sort of get a sense of when he shows up in the back of a police officer's car and they know mm-hmm. who he mm-hmm. is. You sort of get a sense of that, but like they play with that a little bit. Um, you find out a little bit more why Space Boy has been on the moon for a while. Um, like it, it definitely delves into more of these things, and also Hardgrave uh, is a total asshole, right? Um, like even more so. Um, and it, it's just very interesting. They, uh, you know, you, uh, yeah. I, I think it's just more fleshed out in general. Um, and I don't think that if you're a fan of the comic book, I don't think the TV show is something that will disappoint. Right. I think it's just a slightly it goes slightly different angles a little bit. So the TV shows what ten episodes? I think so, something like that. Yeah, okay. and, then, and then they've started filming the second season, or at least they did the table read for the second season because I saw that on uh, Gerard Way's Instagram. So, so, so it's about ten hours versus six issues. Yeah, which I mean, this is a relatively fast read, you know. <laughs> sure. I mean? I, and I think it was yeah, it's episode six. Like episode six is the day that wasn't. Episode six is the day that was. That was sort of where I got sucked into it, mm-hmm. and then I, I watched the last three episodes relatively fast. There are characters like in the comic book, I really liked space boy for some reason, but in the TV show, I really liked seance whose real name. I'm not remembering what it is. Um, like he's the one who kind of grew on me. Like he had, there's a, definitely a lot more backstory to him 
um, when you get into it. But yeah. Okay. Jason, what are your thoughts? Well, it, it sounds like I'm definitely going to be one of those people that really enjoys a TV show because I did very much enjoy this book, but I agree with Lena that I would have liked a little slower pace to get to know some of the characters without so much of the extraneous action. The, yeah, um, the TV show is definitely for you. Yeah. Uh, one moment in particular stuck out to me. It's when uh, Rumor and Space Boy are on the roof um, and she's trying to get him to relate to her on a human level because she, since she's stopped being a superhero, she got married, mm-hmm. had a daughter, got a divorce. Uh, and Space Boy, uh, um, because he's now in the body of a gorilla, essentially, he says that he wishes he could relate to her on all those things. But mm-hmm. because of what he's now become, it's just easier or even healthier for him to focus on just mm-hmm. being a hero. And it's a really nice moment because it, it um, delves a little bit into the nature of trauma and defense mechanisms that these heroes go through. Um, and I just wanted more of that. Yeah, I mean, I read an interview somewhere where Gerard Wade basically said that this book was sort of about the experience of becoming a rock star. Going from mm, anonymity yeah. and then all of a sudden like not feeling like yourself, like having like mm-hmm. a superpower but not feeling like yourself in your own body. And like I can kind of see where some of that stuff goes. And like, like there's some weird powers where like he has a power of suggestion where he can say stuff and people will Mm-hmm. You know, like you can kind of see these these sort of interesting connections to that experience. You can tell he did not care to be a rock star. Yeah, I, you get the the impression that he would much rather be just sort of a semi anonymous comic book writer and be very happy with that. Yeah, um, which is interesting. The other thing I thought was interesting, I, just speaking of Gerard Way, is they have a lot of his own illustrations in the back of the book before, mm-hmm. which he is quite a talented artist on his own. Um, you know, he could have probably drawn this himself and it probably would have been good. Like, I love Gabriel Ba's art. I think that definitely adds a lot mm-hmm. to it. But, like, Gerard Way's art was not terrible. <laughs> you know what I mean? It wasn't bad, but, yeah. you know, when it comes to comics, it's one thing for someone to draw something that looks awesome and something else to draw something on a schedule. That's And I, I'm sure that has a lot to do with it, especially if he was mm-hmm. touring at the time. Right. You know what I mean? Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, but, like, I just, I think it's worth mentioning that, like, in the special features, you see him at some of his drawings. And there's... He has some really quality work. He actually went to school, if I remember correctly, I read somewhere. He actually went to an art school before he became um, a rock star. Like he had a background in graphic design of some kind or something like that. So like it sort of makes sense. Um, But yeah, I don't know. It's just interesting. Um, What are your thoughts, Todd? You know, I first read this. How long ago did we first read this? I I mean, this came out in 2008 and that's probably about when I read it. So I bet I read that around what? 2012? Okay. That's probably about right, because it was still accessible, but easy to find before it went out of print. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to find the first time around, reading it again after I've read so much more than I have lately, it's actually a lot better mm-hmm. than I remember it from the first time. And I find that interesting, because there's a lot of stuff upon rereading is weaker, mm-hmm. or it doesn't quite hold up as well. And this one really does. And I think part of it is there's so much that it does touch upon quickly and goes on is this one is really up for repeated readings. Yeah. So you can read it like, oh, I missed that. Oh, I missed this point. Mm-hmm. Oh, look, there's more I'm pulling out of it again. And it's um, it does that job rather well. The And even the side characters I find fascinating. Between Mother. Mm-hmm. What is Mother? She's yeah. like a mm-hmm. mannequin. Yeah. It's like, oh, I didn't put arms on today. That would have been a pain in the butt. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> Mother is fascinating. You would really like her in the TV show then. Pogo. I find Pogo really interesting too, is really the uh, Alfred father fight figure. Mm-hmm. He seems yeah. to be much more the father figure that was kind mm-hmm. to the children and they come back him and they all have mm-hmm. a sense of um, 
loyalty to Pogo. Mm-hmm. And I really, he did a wonderful job with the characterizations of the, the side characters. The supporting cast is mm-hmm. every bit as strong mm-hmm. as these others. And you're going, wow, that's weird. Mm-hmm. And you've got the, even with number seven, she wrote a book, a scathing tell all. Mm-hmm. And a lot of this way is reading it and knowing Gerard Way's a rock star. It's like, yes, this is a family of four people, of seven people brought together, but how much is this a little bit of rock star life? If you got mm-hmm. these people, some might be more related than others, but mm-hmm. you're together nonstop for a while. And then well, some of them are his actual siblings, too. Sure. You know. And then you go like, dude, I've had enough of this shit. And mm-hmm. some are scarred more figuratively and more not so figuratively, but then they separate out and then you've got this event bringing them back together again. And they're like, yeah, we're apart because we're we've, we're messed up. And yet there's something drawing them back. They're like, we need to do this. And they've got things going on. And the very thing that they're there and brought together to do, they're, um, some do it with a sense of duty and like inevitability. And others are like, I can just walk away from this. This mm-hmm. can be okay. Yeah. And all the competing motivations, they're all so incredibly relatable. Mm-hmm. As you've got all these characters that very different points of view coming at it from the same situation. And it's incredibly relatable watching them. And I believe every one of these characters exists as they were going through that. And I thought that was done wonderfully well. Mm-hmm. Even if you have a uh, zombie Gustav Eiffel with an yeah. insane Eiffel Tower <laughs> mm-hmm. blasting off into space and then later crashing on their house. Yeah. And years later, and you're just like, this is so silly and out there. And you read it and you're like, yeah, it's fitting. Mm -hmm. It works. Yeah, it kind of makes sense. (laughs) You can tell that Gerard Way is heavily influenced by um, Morrison. Oh, incredibly so. And reading on this here, and we were talking about it, is this was one of ones. He seems to have really fleshed out and talked about it a lot. Mm -hmm. So when he put it on the page, he is so clear in his mind, the three, five, seven names each character has. Mm Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, I follow mm-hmm. this along quite perfectly. Mm-hmm. And your initial passerby is like, the the audience for this is like, you're going to need to be on your game and read this again. Mm-hmm. So it did a um, great job with that. And Gabriel Bazar, it's um, so evocative and fun. And you've got him as little kids and you've got him as surly adults. Mm-hmm. And you're like, they're just nailing it perfectly. Mm-hmm. And you, you've got Pogo and he's very much this... Um, duty bound as much as anything else. Pogo seems duty bound Mm -hmm. and with a real affection for the seven. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then, but then he dies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I didn't like that part. And then he dies and he's like, and he's now dead. And you're like the very, the one character that everyone goes, you know, we may not like each other, but we like Pogo. Mm -hmm. And you're like, now Pogo's gone. Yeah. Like, well, shit. Yeah. And you're like, you read that and you're just like, well, shit. Mm-hmm. That was the one everybody liked. Mm-hmm. And you're like, way to go, Gerard, for killing him. But mm-hmm. I hate you for it. But way to go for making me hate you for this. Yeah. So yeah, okay. that's what. I thought. So I haven't read Dallas. I have, but I don't remember it well enough to discuss it now. And then he's coming back for a third round now because mm-hmm. of the TV show. I think. Was I think the first enough. or second issue is out now. Okay. So yeah, I, which I'm, I'm not sure. I'm wondering if you wrote the two things together or how they're interrelated or they might be completely different as well. You know, I have no idea, but it was um, quite satisfying. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Does anyone else have any thoughts they want to get out there? I really like the art for this. Yeah. Um, I think actually, Lena, I think you would really like day tripper. Mm-hmm. 
which uh, Gabriel will make you cry. It will make you cry. But Gabriel Ba did it with his brother, um, Fabio Moon. Yeah, Fabio Moon, and it's it's a beautiful, um, it's a character piece. Like it's it's not oh, yeah. a superhero piece by any stretch of the imagination, but it's a character piece about like basically like a an afternoon essentially almost. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's it's a really beautiful book. I think you'd really like it. So they're Brazilian. It's called, it's called Day Tripper. Day Tripper. Yes. Yeah, it's it's a it's a single graphic novel. I think it's published by Vertigo. Vertigo. Yeah. yeah. It's one of the first things they did together. But uh, he actually mentions um, in the foreword that he, his brother was, he was excited to show his brother all the work that he was doing on this book. Um, but yeah, I think, I think you'd really like that. Okay. So that was going to be my recommendation for the mm-hmm. week anyway. So. Oh, um, by all means, it was a great book. It is a great book. It, it's interesting that the two female superheroes um, mm-hmm. and their powers, the rumor has, essentially the superpower to make people believe her lies. And mm-hmm. Vanya is told that she has no superpower whatsoever. And mm-hmm. then both of these are, are obviously subverted when uh, at the very end, spoiler alert, uh, rumor is, uh, has her throat cut and is silenced. Mm-hmm. And then Vanya um, is so badly damaged uh, in the aftermath of the final battle that she may never play a violin again. And so then mm-hmm. she, her power is again taken away. I don't know how Dallas continues her storyline, but Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, I'm. I'm curious to see how the two women who essentially lose their power um, have to grapple with that, and and what that means for who they are and how they see themselves, and and that. So I just mm-hmm. thought that was that was interesting. Um, and then, uh, if you forgive me, I'm going to get very nerdy for a sec. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so it's interesting that the uh, number seven is named Vanya because uh, the only other. Vanya that I can think of in popular culture is uh, a play called Uncle Vanya by Chekhov. Yeah, uh, and so Chekhov is famous for having the for uh, inspiring the phrase uh, Chekhov's gun, which mm-hmm. is a storytelling principle that means that everything uh, that is introduced in a story is there for a reason, and the gun uh, the, the gun the is, quote is the gun is in the first act needs to go off in the third. exactly yes. So yeah. the character Vanya comes up early on, even though she has no superpower. Spoiler mm-hmm. alert, she's going to come back and be shot. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I, that isn't, I, I hadn't even put those two together. Like, I had put the fact that Vanya was similar to the Chekhov character, but I hadn't put those two things together, though. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, I, I like that little touch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, let's jump into grades. Mr. Jason. Uh, overall, it's B plus. B plus. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mr. Todd. A minus. A minus. Okay. Ms. Lena. A minus. Okay. Um, and I am also at an A minus, which gre- brings our GPA to 3.6. So we're just barely below an A minus, uh, above a B plus. So we're somewhere in the range there. Awesome. Thank you for joining us. Um, and uh, we will see you next week for uh, iZombie. And uh, hopefully we'll have a few more of our friends back. Uh, we'll just see. We they, miss them. We miss mm-hmm. them. They got busy and we're doing things and all that kind of stuff. But we had a great episode today. I thank you all for joining us. Um, and uh, we will talk to you later. Bye. 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 Bye.